0: Welcome to The How of Business with Henry Lopez and David Begin, the podcast that helps you start, run, and grow your small business. And now, here are your hosts.
1: Welcome to this episode of The How of Business. This is Henry Lopez, and today I have with me Rob Greenlee. Rob, welcome to the show. Henry, it's great to be here. Thanks for, for the invite to join you. No, I'm excited to have you. We, we tried to do this last week, but we had some technical difficulties, so thanks, Rob, for your patience, and giving me another chance to get this recorded. So I'm excited to have you on. Uh, For our listeners, uh, Rob is a podcasting pioneer, and he's currently VP and head of partnerships at VoxNest and Spreaker. He was formerly the head of content at Spreaker and formerly the EVP and CTO at Podcast One in Beverly Hills, and also formerly content and business manager for podcasts and TV at Microsoft's Xbox Live and Zune. He's also the former lead host of Web Talk World Radio Show, which is recognized as the first nationally syndicated radio program in the world to begin podcasting back on September 15th of 2004. In 2017, understandably and deservedly, he was inducted into the Academy of Podcasters Hall of Fame And he currently hosts the Spreaker Live Show podcast, which is aired Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And he co-hosts the New Media Show, which is live on Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific and noon Eastern. Rob lives in the Seattle, Washington area. And in today's show, he's going to share with us his very interesting journey, especially in the area of podcasting and his experiences there. And then we're going to dive into his insights and thoughts on using podcast as a way to promote and grow your small business.
0: So once again, Rob Green, Greenlee, rather, uh, welcome to the show. Yeah. Like I said, it's great to be here. And uh, I'm just sorry that that intro had to be so long. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, there's so much. There's so much background. There's so much history. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's amazing background. So, so tell us about that and and tell us about i mean you started in a marketing career i believe and and then came upon podcasting right
0: yeah really i mean that's how i got started with all this um back in the um the the dot com era is really when i got uh, pulled into this from a marketing perspective you know what was happening with the internet and the web and went into a radio station and started uh, talking about the the trends that i was seeing in the internet and technology and that kind of thrusted me into this whole creating audio and, and, um, and then ultimately wind up creating a, a a podcast, which Mm -hmm. to me at the time back in 2004 was a pretty trivial difference because I was already doing a lot of on-demand audio, um, for many years before that. So actually taking my show from the radio station, making an MP3 file and just linking to it off of my website and, taking segments of that audio and and embedding them into kind of like uh, articles that I was writing online too that were getting picked hmm. up by Google and AltaVista and Yahoo and all these search engines that were very popular back then because that's what I was focused on back then was helping small companies and mid-sized companies to optimize their marketing online and working hmm. with search engines and keywords and and creating content was a big part of that. So that's kind of how I got um, kind of repositioned my career. Cause I came out of the grocery industry. I was working with food products, you know, hot dogs, bacon, lunch meat, uh, uh, fresh citrus, all those kinds of stuff was, I was involved in in the early days of, um, of kind of, uh, marketing and was really more of a traditional marketer because that's what I went to school for. Mm-hmm. And so solely evolved into getting involved in what I perceived as the next generation of, uh, of marketing, which was uh, what was happening with the internet and the web. And it was a transformative time. Uh, and as we see today, um, the, the transformation continues, um, whether it be good or bad, depending on one's perspective.
1: <laughs> so, Ron, ba- back then in 2004, what do you recall how you looked at podcasting and where you thought podcasting was going to go? I mean, it was just another way to get you what you are already doing out to another audience, but where did you think podcasting was going to go back then?
0: Well, I think, I think about it in kind of two different ways. Um, you know, back in those days, uh, we have to remember that it was a completely different kind of market, um, for audio consumption back then. Uh, lots of people were consuming, um, or a growing number of people were consuming audio content online back then, but uh, people were on very slow internet connections uh, back in that time frame. So Mm -hmm. people were doing a lot of streaming, which we're seeing a lot more now too as well. That seems to be a growing area of consumption again. Um, But people also um, needed to um, get these media files in basically smaller files that – basically could be delivered over these dial-up connections and so that that created a little bit of a of a squeeze on both ends uh, on the creation side the quality and the the distribution side so you know people were diving into this on like i said on very limited connections so the scale of it was not that much back then. Um, the, the reality is I was streaming my show and making my MP3s available at like 16 to 32K, which <laughs> um, if you think about it compared to what we're doing like right now, typically is most sh- podcasts are streamed or made in to, to the MP3 format at 128K. So the quality level... Is gone up to CD quality as the baseline now, where back then it was very rudimentary AM quality, that kind of stuff. So so things were a little bit different back then, um, and you just couldn't create content uh, at those higher bit rates because people just weren't going to download it. It just saturated their connections. They were wanting to yeah. do other things. And then the other side of it was the culture, and the, the culture of it was uh, the Internet and the web was developing and created this kind of this culture of mystique around it there was movies Mm. being made about tv or about the internet and movies were being made about the internet and what was happening there the cyber culture was just exploding so um it it, it was a very different time and when i was thinking about this medium i saw what happened to music and music had been going you know the the whole napster phenomenon and so people were downloading content Mm -hmm. right people were getting content that way uh, and more and more, and I I thought to myself at the time, and I think a lot of the creators of podcasting, the the, the Dave Weiner and and the Adam Curry um, uh, type of people in the space were thinking a lot of the same lines because that was back when the iPod was popular and and people were downloading music into them and then consuming it on a portable device so mm-hmm. i saw that as the the future back then of people consuming it on demand just like music so uh and then once the smart well once phones came out so there was like pre-smartphones which were actually i called kind of dumb phones or pre-smartphones um came out people started to consume more audio on those devices and then when the iphone came out you know the the 2007 time frame Um, then that's when everything really changed. And so I saw the opportunity of the direction of this because that was the type of show that I was doing back then. I was doing a show called the Web Talk World Radio Show, and the whole premise of the show was talking about Internet trends and talking about Mm. the direction of media and and the direction of this technology. So you could kind of see the genesis of this very early on. Right, yeah, no, very interesting. I still have
1: my iPod Nano. I listen to podcasts the old-fashioned way. I don't stream it and I don't listen on my phone because the phone is so bulky and now they've done away with the Nano. But, yeah, and, of course, the iPhone, like you said, that was a huge inflection point for podcasting. All right, tell us about Spreaker. Introduce Spreaker for those of us who may not know what it is and then how you ended up at
0: Spreaker. Well, Spreaker um, came about in my career as a – it's kind of like the next stage of my efforts in the podcasting space after I left podcast one, which was working for a, a large kind of celebrity focused uh, podcasting content network. Uh, but it was also a, an advertising focused company as well. So when I left there, that was based down in LA, down in the Hollywood area down there and working with, you know, c- celebrities like Adam Carolla and, and Snooki and, you know, also kind of journalists like Larry King and things like that. So I was working on podcasts, um, from those type of folks. And so, uh, left there. Um, and because I had this opportunity with Spreaker and that was to really get back to the roots of my, my, uh, the basis of why I got into podcasting, which was to, um, was to work with indie podcasters to, to work at, uh, Helping others to podcasts, and not necessarily my career up to that point had not been uh, focused on helping celebrities necessarily. Podcasts; it was um, normal people or regular people, and that that really kind of um, came out of my days of working on Zoom and and working on podcasts at Microsoft. Now, granted, I did work with all levels of content creators back then from the biggest media companies in the world to individual podcasters. But that was really where my passion lived. And I had built a reputation of being helpful to others and helping podcasters be successful. And not unlike what I'm doing on your show here is um, talking about podcasting and talking about best practices and getting people thinking along the lines of uh, how, how to be successful at doing this and, and helping others. And that built my career. I mean, and that's, that's why I, I wound up back at Spreaker because Spreaker was building a platform, a 360 degree platform for recording, creating, publishing, and, and promoting, uh, podcasts. So that's, that's kind of a long story of why I'm here, but, um, that, that's what Spreaker is all about.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that's great. It's interesting to know. And, and so again, to, to, to summarize Spreaker, uh, similar to others that are out there, there are competitors provides that whole platform on which I can um, upload and distribute and host a podcast that I might produce as an individual, right? And all of the tools associated with doing so.
0: Correct. Though, though, I would say that the big difference between what Spreaker does and what many of the other competitors in the the podcasting hosting sphere is, is that Spreaker supports live streaming. So you can do a live show, and that automatically becomes a podcasting um, um, show that would be automatically inserted into your RSS feed. That would be made available to all the other listening platforms you know, like iTunes and and the the Apple Podcast app and Spotify and all these listening platforms. So it's a a you know a combination of online radio plus podcasting into one one solution. Okay, uh, so that's a big part of it, and then we're moving into kind of more dynamic advertising, which means that any podcaster can can potentially monetize their their show through our platform. Okay, very interesting. Okay, and and,
1: and who is Vox Nest, and what's the relationship there?
0: Vox Nest is the parent company of really of two companies. Uh, it's the it's the parent company for Spreaker and Blog Talk Radio, which uh, about eight months or so merged into becoming, uh, VoxNess essentially. So both those brands and those platforms still exist and there's still customers and pod- podcasters creating content on those platforms. Uh, VoxNess is really kind of like a, an additional company that sits on top of those that takes the best parts of, of Spreaker and the best parts of BlockTalk Radio and, and is creating more professional publishing tools that will cater to major media companies and, and larger podcasters because there's kind of like, um, two ends of the spectrum in the podcasting space. There's the indie producers kind of, which is kind of the long tail, uh, podcasters. And then there's like the large media companies and right. large podcasters that are out there that have very specialized needs. So, so um, oftentimes you can't have one product that, that really caters to both fully. So, and yeah, so that's why VoxNess exists.
1: Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah, very interesting. Thanks for sharing that. All right, so let's get into it. And you, You've touched on it already as to the, the reasons, some of the reasons you came to Spreaker and, and helping that individual podcaster like myself. Mm-hmm. So l- let's look at it from the perspective of the small business owner. And, and the top question I have to start with is why should I, as a business owner or a solopreneur, why should I think about using podcasting as a way to promote and grow my business?
0: Well, I think that there's a lot of compatibility between what most people, um, need to do to build their small business and the foundations of podcasting. Um, and that is building connections, um, personalized Mm -hmm. personal connections and trusting connections with potential customers. And, and that is a foundation of marketing uh, in today's age of the kind of using content as a, as a trust building and connection tool. And that's, that's what podcasting does extremely well. Um, now granted there's YouTube and then there's video, which is, which also has some compelling characteristics to doing the same thing. Um, but podcasting has a unique perspective, uh, with creating personal and authentic relationships between, hosts and listeners not unlike what was done with you know with radio in the early days and mm-hmm. still to some degree today though podcasting in a, a lot of ways is replacing radio um in in many people's lives and that's only going to grow over the the next 5 to 10 years um so i would say that there's a, a strong alignment between the priorities the marketing priorities of a small business and who a podcast reaches. Um, and, and if you can align those things and create content that engages and builds trust and builds relationships, then you have a, a method of, of building a, a a business, um, around that. And, and a lot of people will monetize their podcasts, um, in other ways, not directly from their podcast. Uh, And that that is also another tool that uh, podcasting brings to the equation, too, is that it's not just about running advertising in your show or um, driving revenue directly in your podcast. You can actually make money um, by doing your podcast, but in your your consulting business or your other business, And, and they can be beneficial to each other.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a great way to put it. The other, the other thing I found, Rob, is it helps you as, like you said, as you would in marketing, any small business, mm-hmm. it helps you in finding that niche, that target audience, because it, I think it forces us to, when it's done well, you're speaking to exactly who your target audience is ideally, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you're building your, um, your perspective or your perception of being an expert in whatever area that is. Um, mm-hmm. So, being being behind the microphone and putting yourself out there, and and really focusing on creating quality content that brings value, um, builds you as in your reputation out there in in the community of people that you're trying to reach, um, and bringing on other people potentially onto your show on occasion. Uh, other experts in your particular field helps uh, solidify that perception. And and hopefully over time that that perception equals reality too. So your skill level matches what the expectation is that you've built in your podcast. Um, That isn't to say that you can't start out being probably a less of an expert um, than maybe the guests that you bring on your show, but that's the ultimate destination of what you want to have is You want to have an equal relationship between any expert that you bring on your show and you as a host. So it's not about just asking a question necessarily in podcasting and being quiet. What you need to do is engage with the the guests that you have and challenge them um, and ask probing questions to get to that value that is so important to your listener. Mm-hmm. yeah great great point um, all right so so some of the excuses
1: I often hear and I'm sure you hear more than I do is you know everything from I don't have a good radio voice I'd be nervous i don't I don't have the technical knowledge you know it's gonna I need it to be perfect I want it to sound like an NPR show mm-hmm. but what do you say people with all of those objections and many more that I'm sure you hear every day?
0: Well, I think to some degree, I think to be really authentic about it um i I think a lot of them are you know, to, to some level of degree are not uh, true concerns. I mean, I, I don't want to discount people's concerns about these things because they are factors that, that you need to work through and you need to evaluate in yourself um, whether or not, you know, what you can do in a show like this um, matches your expectations. I think it gets back to goal setting, um, but it also gets back to um, how much, confidence you have in yourself that, uh, you can start out maybe in, you know, a humble beginnings and be able to get through that, um, to build the skill that you need to be able to do this. I mean, this is a skill like anything else. This is something that you build expertise in by doing, Uh, I don't know that you can listen your way to being a good podcaster. Mm -hmm. Um, so you have to jump in. And the good thing about podcasting is most people, when they start a podcast, they don't really have a lot of people (laughs) listening. So that's right. That's uh, right. You have some time to get better, right? And you have some time to, to focus and to, to, uh, refine what you're doing in podcasting. Uh, I, my advice would be to learn fast, uh, or this saying fail fast, quickly uh and get feedback and learn and improve and that is the the key but there there are key things that you need to be skilled at and that's like how to use a microphone and and what are good recording environments and what's a good show format and what is engaging conversation what is the content what is the the piece that connects with people and and we're seeing a strong movement these days towards storytelling And Hmm. most podcasts to some degree at some level are only about storytelling. I mean, most podcasts that you listen to today are basically at some level, a storytelling podcast. It just gets back to how long the stories are. (laughs) So, um, when people have conversations, just like what we are here, we're telling a story of experience or we're telling a story of a, of a solution or a, or a value. Right. And so trying to drive people's Uh, focus to a particular way of thinking that will help them be authentic and be successful and and start thinking the right way so they can be on the correct path to achieve success that's appropriate for them. And I think you have to be authentic of who you are. You, You can't just start a podcast and become, you know, like an Ira Glass or something like that. You have to do a podcast based on who you are and be authentic to who you are and bring what you bring that's unique to your show. And but yet the uh, always keep in mind your audience from the standpoint of what's important to them, but you need to think about as a podcaster what is important to you because that's going to get you up in the morning to get in, uh, get behind the microphone and share that knowledge is what's important to you. So you need to balance the priorities between what your listener wants and what you need to keep you podcasting. Cause if it, if those get out of balance, you're going to pod fade or you're going to start a show and then you're going to stop doing it five or six episodes into it. But podcasting is a marathon. It's not a, you know, a short run typically though. Some people think that it is and some content can be serialized where it's like in seasons or have short um, stretches of, of shows Um, and and then people take time off, but most podcasts are like every week you got to do your 30, 40 minutes of content and you got to come up with something that's compelling every, every week as best as you can. So that's, that's kind of, it's a long winded answer, but there's a lot of little kind of psychological factors that go into this that you need to think about. No, oh, I agree. There's there's a lot in what you just said,
1: so thanks for sharing that, and I agree with all of it, and I've experienced all of it, and a couple of key things to, to retouch on, and finding your own voice is, I think, key. I think the way that was best explained to me, and I think you, you've explained it this way as well, is I, I'm not trying to reach everybody. I'm trying to find my tribe, my niche, my group of people that yeah. follow and are interested in what I have to say and how I have to say it,
0: right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And we're all unique and, and we need to be that. We need to be unique. We can't be like someone else because we can't achieve Ira Glass's success. We can only achieve Rob Greenlee's success. So be who you <laughs> are, be authentic and be uh, what you want to be and what you think your community wants you to be, but also be true to yourself. Um, That's right. You know, and and that's that's key to longevity in this this game.
1: Yeah, I think it's huge, you know. This this episode will be around episode 190 or so for me and to your point earlier about you just have to get to it and you'll get better by doing not by listening is so true. If I go back and listen to my early episodes, I cringe sometimes. <laughs> and and even now I'll produce an episode and I'll say okay, that wasn't my best. So you always have to try to learn how do I get better within my own authentic voice. Uh, yes. I think that's, that's a huge takeaway that you've shared there. This is Henry Lopez co-host of the how a business podcast. And I invite you to schedule a free business coaching consultation with me. I welcome the opportunity to chat with you about your business goals and offer the guidance and accountability that we all need to achieve success. As an experienced small business owner, I understand the challenges you are experiencing, and often it's about helping you ask the right questions to help you make progress towards achieving your goals. I can help you get there. To find out more about my business coaching services and to schedule your free coaching session, please visit thehowofbusiness.com. All right. So what about being a guest, having my own show, both for, again, from that small business owner perspective, that's looking at how do I use podcasting to help me get my message out there, help me position myself, as you said, as an authority on a particular topic. Uh, w- is there one that's best to start with? What are your thoughts on that guest versus hosting or both?
0: Well, That is also an equally complex um, thing that you need to figure out. Some people are strong um, in doing what I call solo presentations, right? And then there's others that do well in groups, right? So you need to figure out what you do best at. Um, Is it with another person, like what we're doing here, where you have a conversation? Are you good at conversating? Are you good at creating um, a... You know, question and answer, question flow of exploring a topic, or are you good at just getting behind the microphone and engaging and presenting? And I think that those are key skills that you need to figure out in your own mind what is best for you. Um, mm-hmm. You can probably look at your professional experience of what you what you feel like that you're good at. Some people feel that that getting a co-host is something that they need because maybe they're they're starting a podcast that they don't have as much expertise in that they need to be able to do a solo show um, and they need to be kind of shored up or they need to add a, a, a more diverse personality to the mix. Um, there's a couple of things that, you know, you, those are things that I would think about before you come up with your formulation. Um, but if you're just doing an interview show kind of like this, then you are kind of doing a, a, almost like a like a co-host type of situation where you, but the difference is you have basically a different co-host every week that you're you're needing to build a rapport with, and what's great about a regular co-host is that what you build is a chemistry between you um, that can that develops over time and that can really bring a dynamic to a, to a program that really can be powerful and connect with an audience. If that Mm -hmm. chemistry is strong, um, it can be the best experience for, for both the, the host and co-host, uh, and the audience. Now, granted there are coasting co-hosting situations that that go bad, right? Um, it's like being in a relationship of, of, of sorts is what it's like. Um, and, but being a solo presenter you have all the flexibility in the world because you come up with your content and you just present it. Um, but you need to be like a person talking to another person on the other end and you need to approach it from a more of a personal perspective. Um, yeah. So so I'm, I'm not going to say here that there's one format that works the best. I think it needs to be a format that fits with you and your personality and how, how you feel your strengths and weaknesses are. Yeah, no, that's that's a great answer, a great way to think about it. I hadn't thought about doing
1: that self analysis first, so that's that's a great way to start to think about it. So thanks for sharing that. Along the lines of tips on how to make a good show, we, we've touched on some of it. Storytelling, uh, obviously, audio quality. We've we've had our challenge ourselves with trying to get this one recorded. Um, what else is stands out? Is what about things like uh, frequency of releasing uh, an, an episode that cadence do, do those things matter and what else comes to mind that you think is critical to making a show that's going to have some success
0: well there's there's a couple ways of thinking about the whole cadence part of um, of how often and how frequently you publish episodes uh, it gets back to strategy again it gets back to what you're producing um, what's the what's the kind of the bigger picture of what you're trying to do um, because publishing on a regular basis is normally what people do in this medium like they'll pick uh, they publish their episode every Wednesday in the afternoon or something like that and that regularity is something that your audience looks for. Um, but there is something to be said for if your strategy is to build your distribution around subscriptions so let's say you're really strong in the Apple listening platform and Apple, um, has a very strong and the stats and the data is showing this that people that consume podcasts on the Apple platform, whether it's iTunes or, or not, typically subscribe to those shows, right, which means <laughs> that they get the episodes delivered to them, uh, or notified or, uh, you know, available to them um irregardless of when you publish, right? So there's two different ways of looking at this, but the most common way of looking at it is is that you set a a day every week that you publish your episodes and then your audience basically is trained to look for your show at that time every week. So that's, you're basically, you're, you're creating an appointment relationship with your audience if you keep a regular publishing schedule. If you go off of that, a certain percentage of your audience will get the content still because they're subscribed. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's going to be a big chunk of them that you're probably not going to reach because they're not going to know there's a new episode. So there's kind of, you know, there's two ways of looking at it. Like I said, the general way is to just be regular. Uh, yeah. And the the data shows that the the peak consumption days are Monday through Wednesday. Okay. So, so typically you're going to reach Generally, the largest audience if you publish your episode anytime between Monday and Wednesday. So you don't want to publish your episode late in the week uh, because people are coming going into the weekends and podcast consumption surprisingly drops off the cliff um, coming in Saturday and Sunday. Interesting. Very
1: interesting takeaway.
0: And along those lines, another
1: technical point, you mentioned it on a, a one of your shows recently that Apple is wanting us to drop episode numbers. Explain that and what's going on there.
0: Well, Apple just, uh, this is, uh, you know, many months ago back, they, they put out their latest release of their podcasting platform and they had some new specifications. They had some new tags that they added to their, what's called their namespace, which is basically the tags that are included in your RSS feed that people use for podcasts to distribute their podcasts. And they, they just made a, a decision that they were, they were wanting podcasters to eliminate the numbering system that, oftentimes podcasters do in the title of their podcast.
1: Mm-hmm. As um, I
0: do. Yeah, and the only problem with making that change is that it's basically fairly exclusive just to the Apple platform. Um, so if you have distribution off of that platform, it, you know, it may not be to your advantage to not have numbering in there. Um, but it's n- nonetheless, it's a different uh, approach than what's typically be done because usually podcasters have numbered their podcasts from um, oldest to newest, right? So you basically, Mm -hmm. the number rises um, Mm -hmm. each time you post a newer episode, so it increases. Well, what Apple has done is they flip that table and they always have your most recent episode as episode number one. Um, so, uh, where the, the old paradigm was your episode number one was at the bottom of the list. (laughs) Right, right. So it was
1: usually my introductory episode or the zero, zero episode as they used to be called.
0: So it's a different way of looking at it. And if you don't include the numbering system in your, your episode title, then somebody looking at your episode list can't really see a sequential order of what's Mm -hmm. most recent.
1: And so I is guess- it hurting me to leave it in there? Is it is it affecting me negatively on iTunes?
0: I don't think that it's negatively affecting you. I think when when Apple looks for podcasts to feature or promote mm-hmm. on their platform, mm-hmm. I think they they do look at um how compatible you are with their platform. So I see. so I think if you're looking broad big picture, I think it's probably okay to just leave what you have in there. I think those that are very uh, strong um, on Apple's platform, like most of their audiences off of Apple's platform. Um, they probably want to consider doing it. I, it, it does in reality create more space in your title area to include more context to what's in your podcast. So I, I would r- recommend putting in there you know, topic titles, like a key topic. Mm-hmm. Um, and that'll help, uh, you know a potential listener as they look through your episode list to say, "Oh, I might want to listen to that because they're talking about that topic yeah uh, versus yeah. taking up that space with a a number um so so there's there's those that kind of put the number at the end of it uh, and then those that put it at the front of the title um probably in the Apple ecosystem i I, I think probably just pulling them out and just really focusing on a compelling topic to list that are like the main topic of your podcast I mean many shows have a variety of topics that they talk about but they they just pick you know like maybe one or two to focus on in the title just yeah it's kind of like a newspaper headline right you're trying to connect with people
1: absolutely and I get that and I do that with mine but I, I do the the number colon and then the topic um, but, you know, it's interesting. Like, I'm going to refer to a particular episode that I want to ask you about, and it's SLS 148, right? So with, without a number, it makes it harder for me to say, hey, listen to that episode by Rob Greenlee. Yeah. Um, but anyway, thanks for that insight. And that the episode I'm talking about is where you talk about the 10, the 10 podcast commandments, which is a great episode. SLS 148. But yeah. a couple of them that stood out that I want to mention and have your thoughts on as along this line of what makes a good podcast. You say one of yours is thou shall speak and refer to one person when when recording or live streaming your podcast. And that's something that I've evolved over time. In other words, I've heard this from very successful broadcasters, and I think it's what you're speaking to here which is, as listeners, we want to feel as as if someone's having a conversation with us, not that we're part of this whatever size audience. Is that what you're trying to communicate there?
0: Yeah. It, well, it's it gets back to the core of what the medium uh, is strong at, and that's uh, you know, your audience is listening to you in their inner ear with an earbud. Like I, I that's what I'm doing right now, listening to you and so you really it's hard to get any more personal than that i mean you're it's like you're sitting across the the table from a friend at starbucks i mean that's how you have to mentally think about it uh, i think you have to think that this person is sitting there listening to you and there's no one else around i mean they may be on a bus or a train or something like that but you are having an intimate conversation, mean, I don't know about intimate, but you're having a very personal conversation with that person. And right. if you can make your podcast feel like you're speaking just to them, then you're going to connect with them um, at a personal level. And over time, that person will think of you as a friend. And that is a deep relationship connection that will hold that listener as a listener. And I think that's the big message.
1: Yeah. I love that. All right. What are your thoughts and prediction as to where this whole thing is going to go, where podcast is going and how it's growing The things you're seeing emerging and evolving? Tell tell me about where you see it going.
0: Well, that's, that is a little bit, um, of a, of a process that's evolving rather slowly. I mean, uh, podcasting is growing at about two to 4% a year from a listener standpoint um i think that the direction it's going is um uh, more and more quality content's going to come into the medium it's going to be viewed by um or listened to by more people every year it's going to steadily replace radio in most people's lives uh as an on demand and to some degree a live medium uh i think podcasts will somewhat replace radio um but I think it's going to take a good 10 to 15 more years before that probably happens uh, completely. I think in probably within the next five to six years, I think um, the paths will cross. Um, there'll be an equal amount of people that are listening to radio as are listening to podcasts. We're still a, a fairly long way away from that. Um, so it's, it's coming. So I think that the consumption models and the content will continue to improve and grow um, the amount of content online uh, will continue to grow, um, so it's really a matter of growing the listener side, and that's mm-hmm. been where where a lot of uh, people in the industry there's there's movements in the industry around monetization and trying to capture uh, more listener information about how much people are listening to this content, uh, where they're listening from a player level not so much from a download uh, or server side level. So that's, that's another effort in the industry is to get more clarity at the player level um, about what's happening with the content. So we can get a better picture of what's, what's happening around the consumption side of this. But there is some sensitivity that's popped up because of the whole Facebook kind of concern around privacy. So you have Mm. these conflictions that are going to hold it back a little bit around that development. And then there's the listening side, which is, you know we're seeing these AI platforms develop. You know the, the, the. Um, I hate to say it because people may be using this to, to <laughs> listen. But the the Echo, the Amazon platform, the Google kind of smart agent platforms that are out there that are growing in popularity right now, um, those are going to become kind of kind of ubiquitous experiences around around computing. So voice voice enabled access to all sorts of content, uh, those platforms are going to be really a a replacement for what we think of as Google today. So, um, you know, you start thinking about discovery of audio content, using audio as a method of discovery, and you can Mm kind of see where that, that nexus is going to happen. And it's going to happen in the car. It's going to happen in your kitchen in your bathroom, um, as it could happen in your eyeglasses. Um, who knows? It could be embedded in your, your, Your uh, brain, I mean, who knows where these connections are going to come from in the future. I do know that cars are are the next generation of vehicles that are coming are going to have ubiquitous internet access um, going directly to the car. And it's not going to have to go through your cell phone. So people are going to connect to listening and to computing devices um, in in a variety of places. Your profile is going to follow you. Um, and, and there's going to be screens in various places. Let's say you stay in a hotel, you, you, you may not be listening on your phone. You may be listening on other devices that are around you. So, so anyway, that's, that's my prediction. Uh, it seems like the trend lines are moving that direction. Um, and we'll have to see. Nobody yep. really knows for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's exciting stuff though, that that's coming.
1: The technology is, is getting us there. Thanks for sharing your thoughts on that. All right. We, we've talked about Spreaker, but uh, just summarize for us why people should, as, a, as an existing podcaster or someone who's thinking about becoming a podcaster, why should they consider Spreaker?
0: Well, I think if you think about um, trying to come up with a comprehensive um, process for creating um, podcast content that's that's powerful... Uh, that gives you all the tools that you need to create a quality program and distribute it to all the places that people are listening. I think Spreaker is a great solution. And, um, and also around live, a uh, lot of people like to create live content. Um, you can do it on a remote basis. You can do it from your mobile phone. Uh, you can create live shows right off of your iPhone or your Android device into the Spreaker platform as well. Um, off a of mac and in windows too so you can produce the show in the Spreaker platform it you don't have to go out and buy a mixer you don't have to go out and buy specialized software um to to record you can all you can take skype calls i'm actually recording this right now in the the Spreaker studio for desktop software so um i can have a copy of it so that's that's kind of in a nutshell, and then monetization. We're building monetization tools that will enable any podcaster at any scale, at any level, to make some revenue out of their efforts.
1: Yeah, great, wonderful. Thanks for sharing that. Um, Thank you. We've touched on it, I think. But what what do you enjoy the most? What do you love the most today about podcasting? About being a podcaster?
0: I enjoy the the community around podcasting. I mean, they're It's very smart, uh, very communicative, um, community of, of people. People are, um, passionate about what they're doing, um, if they get involved in podcasting and that brings a lot of kind of unique drive and unique energy and unique content, um, that's always fascinating and it's been, been an intriguing thing to work with, um, very, very nice people. I mean, successful podcasters have to have a personality and have to have the ability to, to connect with others. And that creates a community of very interesting people. Um, so, so that's, that's been, what's been fantastic for me. And I've been so fortunate to be able to build, a a 14, 15 year career, uh, working full time, making a living in podcasting. I mean, a lot of people haven't had that opportunity to, to work full time in podcasting and be able to create content, uh, along that path. So I feel really, really fortunate to be able to have spent all those years, uh, working in the podcasting field and, and helping make it what it is today. Yeah,
1: that's wonderful. Great. Well, we'll wrap
0: it up here, Rob. Uh, What's
1: one thing you want our listeners, you want us to take away from this conversation, especially on this topic of using podcasting to promote and grow my business? What's one thing I should take away from this conversation?
0: I would just say if you have an interest in creating a podcast, uh, think about what your goals are and think about who you are as a person and think about how that audio show or you connect with others and fashion your show to who you are and think about it. Uh, what goals that you might have? Um, do you want to create a show that generates income for you? Do you want a show that helps support a, a business or another um, activity or a hobby that you have? Uh, and just um, get, get clear on what you would hope to get out of doing a podcast. And then just come up with some ideas. And, uh, and there's no bad ideas. They're, they're just ideas to get started with. And you can always um, always improve. Yeah.
1: Agreed. where would you like us to go online to find out more about you and about Spreaker?
0: Well, you can go to Spreaker.com and that's spelled with an R. Uh, I, I do a podcast called the Spreaker Live Show at SpreakerLiveShow.com and then the the New Media Show at NewMediaShow.com. And both of those shows are live. Um, the New Media Show is a live video show as well. It's on Facebook and Uh, YouTube is a live program. So those are the best ways. And I'm also on Twitter at Rob Greenley, And I have an email address that I can be reached at too. uh, rob at spreaker.com. We'll we'll get to me. And if I can answer any questions that you have about podcasting and if you need any help, I'm more than happy to help.
1: Thank you. And we'll have all of those uh, ways to reach Rob as well as all of those links on the show notes page for this episode at thehowabusiness.com. Rob, this has been a great conversation. I've learned a few things. Thanks for taking the time working through the technical issues and uh, for sharing your knowledge and your time. I appreciate it.
0: Well, thank you so much. It was great to be on your, your program and and have enjoyed uh, being able to speak to your community, too.
1: Thank you. This is Henry Lopez, and you've been listening to another episode of The Howa Business. Our guest today was Rob Greenlee. We release new episodes every Monday morning, and you can find us on iTunes, on Stitcher, and at our website at thehowofbusiness.com.
0: Thank you for listening to The How of Business. For more information, links, and other resources, please visit thehowofbusiness.com.